We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. NFL, NFC, win total review and recap of the entire conference. You better believe we'll be doing one for the AFC as well. That one probably get a bit more heated. We're going to review where we went wrong, where we went right, and what the future holds for the NFC. So a reminder to sub to Mayo Media Network. Smash the like to the episode. Leave me your current best bet for the winner of the NFC as it stands right now next year. Plus, there's a cuss corner. Tim's telling us he, telling us he loves live golf all of a sudden. We got a lot to get a lot to get to here, including my speech patterns. Jeff Feinberg is on location in Florida. Are you down there scouting USFL or are you just on vacation? Just on vacation. And hopefully, speaking of speech patterns, Pat, that I've recovered from the mini stroke, it sounds like I endured during our golf recording this week. So I don't know. I think I'm better now. Well, there were like two or three points where you were saying something and I couldn't quite understand what you were saying because you were like slurring the words together. I just assume since you're on vacation, you had some like four loco at 8 a.m. and just pounded those back before the show. We've been we've been staying out, staying out late using uh, grandma and grandpa to uh, watch the children. That makes sense. All right, let's bring him in. The guy who, by just a quick glance, because I haven't added up the totals yet, we'll get to that division by division, who probably won the NFC picks in terms of win total. No, it's not the coin. It is Tim Undercust. Tim Undercust. That's not my name. You love to win. Look at you. Hey, look, delighted. If, if I won, that's great. Uh, you know, I can't imagine I did it that well. Um... But yeah, I mean, kudos to me. Huzzah, I guess. I believed in San Francisco. I believed in Tampa. I believed in Philadelphia. So there's three or four division winners I think I hit. 
Yeah, I forgot that the Bucks. It's funny because I think we all went over on the Bucks win total and had them to win the division. And obviously they did not go over the win total, but they did win the division. So that ended up coming through for us. I actually had to check to see how many wins Carolina had. It wasn't that many, was it? Let's see. Oh, they had well, seven they, wins. Yeah, they, six. They, no, they had seven. They did go over their number. All right. So that's one for me and not one for you. So at least uh, I can try to close the gap a little bit. But I think I went over in the NFC West, which is where we're going to start with all of this. The Arizona Cardinals preseason had a win total of eight and a half. They were 125 to make the playoffs, four to one to win the division, 40 to one to win the Super Bowl. You two and the coin all went under. Pat said, Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, sign me up. What did you make of the Cardinals season? Because it went off the rails very, very badly, Tim. It went off the rails badly. Uh, I don't know what even to, to, to say about their season other than not having their best player outside of Murray, maybe their best player for six weeks, was a huge difference maker, and uh, that got them behind the eight ball. And the team just didn't didn't gel correctly. You know, they had a tough schedule to start, too, and then just things got out of control, and, yeah, they, they underperformed, and, they didn't seem to be energized, and then they lost Kyler for a significant portion of next season. So everything just sort of went haywire for them. It was uh, it was a top bottom three, bottom four season that any team could have had, probably. Yeah. So Jeff, they ended up going. Let's see here, four and thirteen. They fired Cliff Kingsbury. They now have Jonathan Winner Gagnon as their coach. And no Kyler Murray, essentially, for most of next season, like Tim had mentioned. So, is this just a full tank mode year? You okay? I was not ready for that. I do like the fake French accent, so... Well, if you like the fake French accent, you're going to be very thrilled by the mid-roll ad on this show, at least for the week that this show comes out and people can listen to it. But, Jeff, is this a bottom five team, bottom three team in the league next year? They, so I agree with Tim's assessment of, I think, like league-wide in terms of expectation and what happened. It had to be a bottom 3-5 season in the league. It seemed like a dumpster fire. They had to blow up everything. Um, they were known for getting off to hot starts and then fading. Nothing went right. And the Kyler inju- injury was compounded by the fact that even before the injury, things were not going well. I think the week before was the Charger game where it was a crucial fourth down, and he's just like, I think they literally said, he just said, fuck it. Like, he didn't like the play call. He just said, fuck it, and chucked one up to Hopkins or something. That was clearly, I think, even intercepted. So a really strange season that was highlighted in my memory by the contract clause or the uh, whatever it was that he wasn't putting in enough effort. So it's, it's phase one without Kyler there to start the season. It's, it's not fun. Not fun there. That's that's one team. I don't feel happy. I don't feel good for their fans. Has any book, let's say DraftKings Sportsbook, primarily because that's where people should bet is on DraftKings Sportsbook. Have they released win totals for next year? Because I don't think those have dropped yet, have they? No, and I can't imagine they could yet because there's so much instability in the market. Well, you can always you can always post lines and cap how much you can bet on them. Just to have they don't them usually out there. do that though with with over unders in the same way. No, they don't. But you know, if you want to draw, I, I don't. I don't see what if I, you were a bookmaker. I just don't see the value in that. I mean, I see dramatic, you, you're just I, as likely I, to get caught with your pants down as you are with a yeah. But if you really but, but, line, but so if you say, don't if even you, bother. If you set the hard limit on what you can wager on it, then who cares? 
<laughs> it's like a marketing fee. Nah. Do, do you not believe in marketing? Do you not think that works? Maybe I should uh, you know, de-incentivize. What are those people called? De- uh, oh, Damn, what's that called now? That's a real de- tough influence. sell. You'd have, to lo- you'd have to love a number so much to invest in minus 110. You would, Jeffrey. You would. You would bet that in total if, if it was you, you last year. if you bet a lot on it, then it's uh, – I get Pat's point. It's like if you need it, if you want it, we're offering it. The swings of the offseason will change this number. You know, everything that happens in, in, in free agency, what have you. But, uh, yeah, minus 110 till February. I mean, people laugh at me on the internet, Pat, for letting a major future sit for months. I suppose that's true. So, yeah, I, I just think it would be worth it if you put, like, a limit on it just to have it, A, your SEO, Tim, would be through the roof when people started searching for win totals, and it would just get people coming back. Everyone would have to reference your site, no matter which article. All third parties out there would have to say, like, hey, DraftKingSportsbook.com has win totals up, and people would know that they could always check back and whenever the major moves would happen. And if all you can bet on is, like, 100 bucks, DraftKings really wouldn't care about losing that to someone, especially if each account was flagged like that. It's not like people are getting down $100,000 or a million dollars on one side of a win total in February and March once transactions are starting to be made. Well, it's clearly not worth their time. It's clearly not worth well, their I time. I mean, there's, al- there's always... Why is it clearly not worth their time? Because they haven't done it? No so books can So any anything that doesn't currently exist is not worth doing. Maybe it's just not... No, so, maybe. but this is not a new concept. Uh, it's been around... You know, They've been hanging win totals for how many years? The idea of not doing it before the draft or at least before free agency, before the schedule comes out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure people who are a lot wiser than us know exactly why they don't do that. I mean, they probably don't. This is still most they of these probably books. Do. Most of these books are still in their infancy, Tim. They they really haven't been working as bookmakers for that long. I, I don't think you understand the argument you're making. So maybe I'll save you some face and we'll move on. I, I don't think that you really <laughs> understand what's going on here, Jeff. Do you see any downside to this? You're right. I mean, your point with the third party, the amount of content pieces that would be done around your February win totals is probably worth it enough. And if some schlub wants to let you sit on their hundred bucks for essentially a year, I mean, let the let the guy who needs his crack, I guess, get it. Yeah, they'll be taking VIG on it anyway, and then that money will sit in escrow for over a year, and you'll get percentage points back on that while it's sitting there. And plus, if these third-party sites actually go out and promote your, let's say it's DraftKings, and DraftKings like, hey, click through here to get your whatever bonus on DraftKings. It's just a way to get new customers into your funnel and then constantly keep retention on your site at the same time. So I think it's a very viable strategy if you cap the limits because you wouldn't want to get hammered a day after a signing, be slow to adjust and have Rob Pozzola come in and drop 50K on a win total. Like that is not what you want to do. And maybe that there's not a way to actually limit that on that sort of bet per account. I don't know, but I'm, I'm thinking that they should probably have these out. They do have the futures out and the Cardinals are tied for the longest odds in the league to win the Super Bowl right now with the Houston Texans at 200 to 1. And you have to think the Houston Texans are probably going to be a little bit better with the second overall pick. Hell, they still may trade up for the first overall pick, but we'll get to the Rams. Uh, we were all 0 for 4 on the Rams. We all took over on the Rams coming off the Super Bowl win. Their over under was 10 and a half, minus 250 to make the playoffs, plus 130 to win the division. Overs around for the three of us and the coin. And now that we look at it, we have the 
Los Angeles Rams. They're still 35 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. That's the same as like the the Packers and the Browns, that kind of thing. Jeff, I don't know what their team is going to look like next year. It looks like they're going to try to trade Ramsey. McVay was going to retire. Who knows what's going on with Matt Stafford? Doesn't seem like a great situation. Very strange situation. And if you want you wonder if they trade Ramsey, would that be the only trade? Releasing Bobby Wagner? I mean, their intentions are clearly in front of us right now. They don't intend to really compete whatsoever. Well, the book is still listing them at the 35 to one to win the Super Bowl. Is that just name recognition, Tim? It's one way traffic. It's like a master's future. They'll only, they'll shatter the odds of guys with rumors that big players are coming, but they're not bumping up situations that are turning into a shit sandwich at the same time it's also the nfc is it will again be extraordinarily weak and that a rams team that brings matt stafford back and brings cooper cup back is better than all but four or five or six teams in the nfc and therefore they're a playoff team right like so that's why it's there too like if they don't trade rams if they bring back basically more or less who they tried to bring back last season before everything went wrong uh, you know, they're a playoff caliber team in the NFC. So I don't think the 35 to one is outrageous. It's more of a Matt Stafford. There thing. was a really interesting long form article from the athletic last week about them and the Rams. And it's almost like their season. They almost knew they had no chance going into the season. And maybe that's easy to say in um, hindsight, but a uh, very telling even how McVeigh came full circle on wanting to retire potentially and, and going back there. I, it just all hinges on Stafford. There was talk about him retiring. His sure. wife was complaining about too many concussions and he may be suffering from like a bum elbow that he still hasn't got surgery on that. I don't know. It's, this this entire team pushed all into win the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl, and now they're dealing with the ramifications of this because they can't rebuild at all because they traded those picks away for Matt Stafford. If you're a team, Tim, I see I would do it to win the Super Bowl and then suck for five years, whatever it is. As a Jets fan, would you want to do that? I would do it if you told me they were going to be bad <laughs> for the next ten years, next fifteen Funny. years. What, what I wouldn't give up. What I wouldn't give up for one man. What I would I'd you, give you know? T- when, I'd give a nut. Yeah, I'm when you've never had one. I'd give a nut. You know, you've never had one. You know, Jeff and I are both past 35 now. You know, you've probably got as many years behind you as you do in front of you, more or less. And, like, I want one. I want one really badly. Give me one. Uh, I'll the deal with whatever. The sucking for five years, would, that's like life. Jeff's been us. wearing that falling apart AFC Champions t-shirt for 30 years. <laughs> you know how long I'd wear Super Bowl champion stuff? You'd, you know what? I would be buried in it. You could bury me in a New York Jets Super Bowl 58 championship T-shirt. And I'm not lying. Like you, that, that would be burial garment for me. The problem is when you make one of these moves, uh, as I've heard, you're not guaranteed to win the Super Bowl. So do you, well, risk, no. do, but do you risk it all on the chance that, let's say the, the Jets currently trade for Lamar or they get Aaron Rodgers, but they have to, and the Jets are probably better positioned than the Rams are because they have a lot of young players who be under contract for a lot longer that they wouldn't necessarily just be god-awful if they get Rodgers for a year and then he goes away and then they have to restart over at quarterback. It doesn't seem like they might not be great, but they wouldn't be like bottom five in the league at the same time and they wouldn't have their picks. So it's not really that big of a deal if you finish 
finish in the middle of the pack when you're not trying to tank for a new quarterback you're gonna have to get lucky or sign someone along the way but if that makes you one of the seven best teams in the nfl is that worth going all in on depends who you are as a franchise where you are in your model and what you have what you have to lose like a team like the cowboys that's a terrible idea uh you know you just there's too much heat a team like the Jets who haven't won anything ever, forever, like you got nothing to lose. Throw the dice. Like, why not? I, I honestly do think it's team by team dependent. Some teams could tolerate that. Other team and fan bases could not tolerate that. Jeff, if you were in the NFC, at least to me, that seems like a more logical conclusion to jump to rather than being in the AFC and going to where all the good teams are. Yeah, uh, that's... Sure. Your path, your easiest path, yes, obviously the NFC. Are the Seahawks one of those teams? Because their win total was five and a half last year. Mm. The four of us all went under. That was wrong. We all went 0 for 4 on that one. I don't think I picked a single thing right in the NFC West. It really blew up in my face. It's funny how this division was collectively known as the strongest in football for like a three-year stretch, and now it might actually be the worst going into next year, Tim. I don't know if I agree with that. There's still two playoff caliber-ish teams in that division. Uh, San Francisco for sure, and then either the the Seahawks or Rams are playoff-ish caliber. Well, uh, well, they're not the weakest. Like the AFC South is certainly weaker than they are. Um, eh. You know, just look at the odd. Look at the odds. Like well, the I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, the Colts and the Titans are all, you know. 80 or longer to one to win the Super Bowl. And like, there's no other division that even approximates that level of awfulness, right? Well, I mean, the Seahawks are 70 to one. They're the, what, sixth least favorite team to win the Super Bowl. Doesn't that, does that Which, seem, does that seem odd? Weird. That seems very, very odd to me that the Giants, for example, should be 40 to one and the Seahawks 70 to one. And I mean, the Giants, got to play a god-awful team in the first round of the playoffs, and the Seahawks didn't. And that's why the Giants got one round further. Like, that doesn't seem right. That seems like nonsense to me. Yes. I guess no one believes... You think in Seattle's that. in a great... What? You think they're in a great position to improve? They're going to have the two draft picks? You can only mm-hmm. assume that... You're not really sure what the Geno contract's going to be, but in this moment, I assume they'll have plenty of, of cap room to work with, and they had one of the best rookie classes last year. It'd be hard to do that again, but I would expect them to get supplemental help from from all those picks. I guess so, but I mean, year one player making that big of an impact is going to be difficult. And I think the the collective would think, at least the hive mind, that they're probably going to regress. That Gino may have overachieved, or maybe he's a late bloomer, and this is who Gino is going to be. But even in the second half of the season, Gino wasn't quite as good as he was the first eight weeks. No, but you don't have to be in the NFC. The NFC is awful. Like there, 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 there are like two or three talented teams in the NFC well, who would like compete to make the playoffs in the AFC. So you like you have to really grade on a curve. If you look at that team this might compared be a- to its opponents. It's like yeah, they're they're as good as anybody else in that division, minus two or three teams or conference. Sorry. This might be a really unfair thing to say, and Seattle fans could get mad at me, but. To, to sort of Pat's point about overachieving, you worry sometimes that that changes the um, expectation trajectory or yeah. the you know the plans for the off season. Yeah, because it did seem like they were 
fine with tanking going into last year. They didn't know who their quarterback was. There were rumors that DK was going to get traded to the Chiefs or whoever it was going to be. And now now this season they're posting like fake videos of him jumping and everyone thinks that they're real in the offseason. Well, we don't know they're fake. I was willing to buy that. You were willing to buy that he could jump higher than the world record holder can jump? Well, I don't know. Well, you can't see in live time how high the jump is. And like it could be from a particular angle. Uh, you know, I, I was my, my default wasn't, oh, that's got to be fixed. I thought, oh, that's possible, I suppose. He's incredibly athletic. Like, he'd be a lot harder to tackle than Derrick Henry, I'll tell you that. You think that DK Metcalf would be harder to tackle than Derrick Henry? 100%. Why is that? Because I think he's quicker. I think he's more elusive. And he's got probably close to equal strength, if not more. The guy is an unbelievable athlete. And I'd have no chance to tackle him. And none. <laughs> I wouldn't. I'd have no chance. I mean, I'm laying those cards on the table. I have no chance. No, I'm laughing because you, you claim to have a chance of tackling Derrick Henry, though. In the right circumstances, sure. How big are they compared to each other? I think they're very similar sizes. Yeah, I think they are. Uh, let's see. I'd say Metcalf's probably a little taller. Uh, they're almost exactly the same height. And they're almost exactly the same weight, but they're clearly they're built a little bit differently. They are. Yeah, like, I mean, DK Metcalf would run you over. Obviously, I don't think you'd want to get truck sticked by Derrick Henry. It's a different type of power that Derrick Henry has. It's more finesse, like I'm you just, said, with DK Metcalf. Yeah. Like the chances of you laying a finger on DK Metcalf are probably far less likely. Whereas Derrick Henry would just run you over. Or try to, yeah, at least try to. Well, not necessarily. I could dive out of the way or something. But then he wouldn't touch you at that point. No, my, my point is DK Metcalf. I don't know what we're going to. Metcalf is amazing. The Seahawks have very good wide receivers. Seahawks have uh, draft picks. Yeah, I still have question marks at quarterback, but that's okay. Uh, they're not a bad team, and I, I think they're actually a good team. They're a team that I know a lot of people will probably – when win totals come out in a couple of months, say, oh, you got to play the Seahawks down. They overachieve. Well, they may have overachieved, and they're going to overachieve again next year. There's every reason to think they might. Well, they were five and a half last year. What do you think that they'll be posted at? Well, they went 10 and seven. Their right number is probably eight and a half. That, that I mean, maybe I would, set, maybe, but see, now I have to, see, now I have to disagree with that. And I think about the fact <laughs> They're sitting there at 70 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, which seems really long. So maybe their win total number is 7.5. You probably just correlate it with where you think that the Rams are at. That if Stafford is beat up and they're playing your buddy, who is he, John Hodgman? Wolford. Wolford is their backup quarterback. I like, I like Wolford. I'm sure you do. If that guy's the starter, they're probably going to be 3 and 14 or something like that. That Seattle probably beats them twice. Mm-hmm. And no, you're right. And if they beat the Cardinals twice, and the Cardinals are like, they're going to be dog shit next year. Well, there's four free wins. One would imagine. Can they figure it out elsewhere? Then, yeah, it probably would be eight and a half. But I guess it depends on the injury report for the Rams. The Niners, Tim, that was your pick to win the division last year. Jeff and I both took the Rams. You correctly called it with the San Francisco 49ers. They were 10 as their win total. Um, I was the only one to go under. That's completing my 0 for 4 in the division. You three all went over the number. That put you all 2-2, two and two, coin included, for the NFC West right now. Who do we think is starting at quarterback for them next year, Jeff? That is a great mystery. I assume it's going to be Trey Lance. With the injury situation there, I feel like it's 
going to be Trey Lance. I've already seen the, the same people, Pat, that were banging the Trey Lance MVP drum a year ago are banging it again. I would only argue here's the biggest flaw in that, even if they're great and he's great. What happened last year will now give Kyle Shanahan exponentially more credit for any success that Lance has and voters would just give it to a guy, a player they deem is doing more on his own. Clearly, right? Uh, I, I Maybe. It's it's tough to say. I, I get the... I understand why there is Trey Lance MVP buzz out there. In terms of the betting market, I don't think anyone actually thinks he's going to win the MVP. They're just hoping to luck in to one of these seasons. I mean, who was the most popular guy bet on preseason before this year? It was Jalen Hurts to win MVP. And outside of an injury, Tim, he probably would have won MVP because the way that he can rack up stats, being a dual threat quarterback, is just so high that it makes your stats compared to like a pocket pass or like Matt Stafford or something like that just look terrible. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the, you're the, you're betting on the come if you take Trey Lance. You assume it's going to be somewhat of a replication of what Fields had last year. But you know, Lance has you know played what, three games in three years or something. It's it's a it's a far more difficult calculus there. I agree, though. I think it will be Trey Lance. Uh, it would have been Purdy had he not gotten hurt. Well, let's but let's given let, the injury. Let's say, let's say Purdy is okay for Week One because it does mm-hmm. seem like he's on path to be okay by the time training camp comes around i mean for the length Mm -hmm. of the surgery that's what they're saying if they're both healthy theoretically by week one do you still think it's trey lance i think you gotta go with lance you invested that high pick in him and he hasn't played and if he's god awful by week five or six you can always switch back to brock Purdy. you know what you have in him uh he's not he's not a player who you have question marks about you sort of know he's a solid b plus player who will contribute for you so I think you have to roll with Lance. I think your hands are sort of tied in this situation if you're San Francisco. They're eight to one to win the Super Bowl, Jeff. Too high, too low. Wow. Trey Lance has never even done, been in a two minute drill. I mean, but life. are those crazy odds? Like they went to the NFC Championship game the last two years. They've been there four of the last five years or something. Like, is that really? I'm just saying. Like those odds don't seem completely unreasonable ass- to me. It's a huge ask with how little the quarterback has really ever accomplished at any level. At any level. Mm -hmm. They were never, he was never even challenged in college, which was D2, but he's never run a two minute drill. Um, I hope he, I think he's great. I was a, I'm a fan of him. I'm a fan of Kyle. Eight to one, rather just. I don't know. Bet them at four to one, five to one when they show that they're actually freaking awesome. Last year coming into the season with presumably Trey Lance as their starter coming off an NFC championship game, lost to the Rams in a game they should have won, but they had just held on to the ball. They were 16 to one. They opened it to win the Super Bowl. We did this just before the season started last year. So this actually makes some sense. Not that we have any sort of idea of how Trey Lance is going to do, but They've now gone to, as Tim mentioned, back-to-back NFC Championship games, and it does seem like quarterback is the least important position on their team in a really weird way that they can plug and play with almost whoever as long as they're competent and not just generating a bunch of turnovers, that if somehow Lance is really good and an above-average quarterback, that they seem like a lock to win. I would agree with that. That if he plays even above-average, San Francisco is going to win like 13 or 14 games. 
okay, as much as I scoff at the odd number, and I by point of comparison, you actually make some good points to show it actually isn't unfair as it might feel at first. Betting odds put aside, if you ask me who's winning the NFC, my answer is the 49ers. Talked myself into a pretzel. <laughs> That's tough. Now you're going to have to eat but your way out of that pretzel. At eight to one. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not making any Super Bowl bets in February either, but here we are. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move to the East. We Mm. got, let's see here, the Dallas Cowboys. Their over-under was 10. We all took the under on the Dallas Cowboys. And let me check my notes here. They won 12 games. Big L's across the board for all of us. Like I said, not very good here in the NFC. They were minus 250 to make the playoffs. They did. They did not win the division at plus 140. They did, and they were 9-1 to one to win the conference, 20-1 to one to win the Super Bowl. Their current Super Bowl odds coming into the year are 14-1. to one. Point blank, Jeff, can they win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? I don't believe they can. That is my opinion, I am prepared to be really embarrassed for this NFC East section because I think I picked just around the horn under blind, expecting to like split worst case and every team over. Well, every team was good. I'm not, I'm not buying, I'm not buying the Cowboys. I'm not buying Brian Schottenheimer, Mike McCarthy play calling situation. I'm not, I'm not buying it. Same question to you, Tim. Can they win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott? Yes. I think there's so. enough surrounding talent there. There's enough surrounding talent there. And Dak is good enough that, yes, you know, you don't have to be a superstar to necessarily win the Super Bowl. You just have to be good. And Dallas has the talent there. So, yeah, I think they can. I wouldn't pick them. You know, I think you're kind of foolish to pick them, but it's not, it wouldn't be out of my because Dallas just hasn't been to a championship game in 30 years. It just doesn't seem like they're the right team to do it. But, yeah, of course they can. Here is the funniest prop on DraftKings Sportsbook pertaining to the Cowboys right now. Jeff, who's this running back? Is it Bajan Robinson or Bajan? Yeah, Texas. Yeah, Bajan, Bajan Robinson. I mean, everyone loves him. He's going to be the first back off the board, which now happens in the 20s in this new modern league. He's, he's supposed to be a stud. If you watched him, he, he showed it. Well, Tim, the Cowboys are 5-1 to one in the third favorite to draft him this year which is it seems outrageous doesn't it it does but like let's be honest zeke is done 
and Pollard is 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 you know massively hurt, and running backs just don't come back and bounce back. Great. Pollard needs like a contract. That. Pollard also needs a contract. So I mean, you know, what does Dallas know? Like they're just going to take a running back. I wouldn't. That wouldn't shock me. Uh, no, I guess if they're that like the twenty fifth pick, like well, you know whatever. Yes, yeah, so they don't feel like they have any other holes, and that's what they got to do. I I wouldn't support it, but I could see it happening. Yeah, I would say that they could probably use a receiver. They were as good as I think that we yes, thought they were. I agree. And then they got a bit – I mean, after they smoked Minnesota in that game, everyone was like, oh, my God, here we go. This offense is absolutely rolling. And the defense was amazing, Jeff, until Thanksgiving. <laughs> and that's when it seemed like Micah Parsons got hurt, and he just wasn't the same. He played pretty well in that first playoff game against the Bucks, but for like an eight-week period, he was almost like a non-factor. Yeah, and his odds before he became a non-factor was like, like minus 300 to win defensive player of the year. And then uh, Nick came in for the full swoop. Yeah, they didn't get the production in the secondary. Um, you know, there's questions about Diggs a little bit. A little bit now. I was surprised that, uh, I mean, they still bring back Dan Quinn. I expect them to be really solid on defense. Uh, and I don't think they're going to be horrible. But they need more from their surrounding players on offense. There's no complimentary players to C.D. Lamb. Even the tight end now needs a new contract. So they'll have to overpay to keep Dalton Schultz around. Um, and I like him a lot. Catch some first touchdowns and my memory serves me right. I'm, I'm not – I'll have to see the offseason. At this moment, I'm not nearly as bullish on their ceiling as Tim. The Eagles – or, not, or they were nine and a half wins. Obviously, they won far more than that. Uh, they ended up making the Super Bowl. That was 11 to 1 to win the NFC. They were plus 160 to win the division. They were still plus minus 190 to win the playoffs. Their schedule, I'm, I mean, I don't know how much hard. Listen, it was about the e- as easy as you could get last year. They had to play the Cowboys twice, and they played the Cowboys once with Cooper Rush, and then when one of the games that they lost, they had Gardner Minshew starting a quarterback. They had the easiest path to the Super Bowl possible, and they probably should have won the Super Bowl based on the way that they played in the first half. So it's really hard to gauge in a way that if, like, who are they going to end up playing this year? They get the Vikings, the Bucks, and the Niners. And then all of, like, the regular, I don't know which divisions that they're playing in the crossover. Tim, you're usually good with that kind of thing. But even they if they have, they're, they're playing the West in the a- NFC. And uh, I know they draw the Chiefs as their extra team as well. So, who's the, what AFC division are they playing then? AFC East. All right. So, that could be Ooh. a little bit challenging, especially if all those. A lot of primetime games there. Sure. But playing the NFC West is kind of a gift here, considering you're going to play San Francisco anyway. And we just ran through that, and all three of those teams could potentially have a lot of problems that the Eagles could just run this back again and win another 13 games. Couldn't they? Absolutely. When I kept mentioning them, like there's like three good teams, in the NFC, I obviously think Philadelphia is one of them. They're they're you know, they're well coached. They're talented top to bottom. They're going to lose some players that that whole team is not coming back on the defense. They're going to lose guys. That's that's no doubt. And they've lost both their offensive defensive coordinators. And like that hasn't happened in a very long time. And how will that affect the team? going into next season. I mean, I, I don't know. Like it'll be a really imp- a real good stress test on Sirianni's ability to coach that team and bring in replacements to see how his new OC and DCs do. Uh there there are some question marks with this Eagles team, but they still are, are, are very skilled and they have a quarterback who's electric. So, you know, in a in a conference that's that's really poor, 
they have all the tools that you need. They are just... My biggest question there... Sorry. In order Ask to... It. To win the Super Bowl next year, they're the they're behind San Francisco. They're currently nine to one to win the Super Bowl. Well, because yeah, they you, have Dallas in their division, that's why. You could argue they had that to fight. Just, they had to fight to Week 18 this year to, to win the division, as you remember. Like even though they were a juggernaut, like they could have still lost in Dallas one and not even had a home field in Week 18. Like there's no, they, I guess the books are betting. There's no one really pushing San Francisco in quite the same way. Yeah, maybe the Eagles might see that as disrespect. Um, the big questions I have, and I guess it should be noted, the last two years, the Chiefs got to the AFC title game and the Bengals had a very successful season. So the Super Bowl hangover that we've only known is like a hard reality in life really hasn't hit the last two Super Bowl losers. Good luck to Philly. If I'm... Howie Roseman, I don't give Jalen Hurts a contract because I literally try to bring back as much of this team as possible. I don't mean not give him a contract, period. I mean, I want to milk this thing. I don't want to pay you yet because I want the lines, both sides of them, that had us doing what we were doing. To Tim's point, a couple of guys could leave. Gardner Johnson, um, I think Reddick was a one-year deal, so he could even be due for a bigger pay raise. But it's, it's if Jalen gets the contract this summer or not. I think we'll be huge there. Well, if he gets his contract this summer, that wouldn't apply to this year's cap unless they had the extra cap room to move that bonus up. I'm not like a capologist, but he still has one year remaining on his original rookie deal. Yes, you're right. The, the, the new money, I guess, wouldn't kick in and they could still play this year under the old deal and he would have his guarantees, which would make him him very happy. Uh for February on paper, it almost feels, in my opinion, like how are we not getting San Fran versus Philly again? Well, hopefully the game is better this time. What game? Is what I would respond yeah, to about. that. What's that? What game? I don't think that's true, Jeff, because uh, you know there's a team in another conference that I'm already very much cir- in this in another division. I'm very much circling in the a- NFC. Is it the Lions? Let's just say their coach has the shortest odds to win coach of the year. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the commanders because they just made some news as we were filming this. They just released Carson Wentz. So new Jets quarterback, Carson Wentz, here you go. Would the you be- greatest QB ever, according to Pat Mayo, who you know spent nine weeks, week after week on the live show, telling everybody how much better he was than uh, Taylor Heineke. And oh my goodness, why can't <laughs> And then they finally go back to Wentz. They finally give Patrick what he wants. And Wentz throws, what, four interceptions in that game? Okay, I mean, that's not what I said, but I just said that. Essentially, that's not too much of an exaggeration for what you said week after week after week. No, it's not. You, you tried to claim that I said that Carson Wentz was good. That was not my argument. My argument was that Taylor Heineke sucks, and he is as bad as Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is better than Taylor Heineke, who is no good. I don't believe that's true either. Yes, it is. You can go back and listen. I like that you try to interpret what I say through the prism of your warped mind. Well, to be fair, that is all I can do is interpret what I hear people say through my own mind. But you're not even listening to the words that I say. You're just make you hear me say a name and then you just make something up in your head and then regurgitate that back at me. People can fans know. Fans can go back and listen. Yeah, fans will know that you were on the, pounding the table week after week for Carson Wentz. I said that Carson Wentz gave them a better chance to win games than Taylor Heineke. Now, Heineke won, so I was wrong about that. I still don't think he's any good. He's terrible. Well, 
better than Carson Wentz, who well, will not. I, I can't imagine who in their right mind would sign him. Well, Taylor Heideke also wasn't making what's this? I first tw- that tw- is a that tw- is a smeared. I don't know why you put that up, Paul. That doesn't look like me. That doesn't look anything like me. Uh, I don't know why that's there. Like I don't like that. I don't how, look anything like that. How do you that. say that doesn't look like you? See, this is why people don't believe what you say. I don't have red hair. I don't have brown eyes. Looks just like my you. jaw is not set at you five have, o'clock. You have that same hat. That, that is. This is all a ploy <laughs> to get me going. I don't think so. And I'm not going to let it work. I don't know. But here's the difference. Taylor Heineke wasn't making, or he wasn't at least counting $26.17 million against uh, the commander's cap. He's, you know, a shitty backup who makes no money. So he'll be back. And they're going to start. should be. And who do they end up starting? Who is their, is it Sam Howell? Is he their quarterback? Yes. Yeah. That's going to go well for them. Uh, we all. I think put, it will. I think Biennemi is going to thrive there. Well, I think that's the big question mark, right, about this team, is for years and does outside of the just calling it straight up, people don't want to hire Eric Biennemi because he's black. Is there more to it than that? Because I mean, he's had stuff in his background when he was in Colorado, but there's a ton of coaches who've had shit in their background. It doesn't seem like that should count against him. Count against him, and other coaches don't have that count against him. Or is this just more of a ploy of, hey, how good is Eric Bieniemy? We don't know. He has Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. He could be a terrible and Andy Reid and Andy Reid. Yeah. You know exactly. This is exactly what I think the reason was that I think most people looked at him and said, I don't know how good you are. Are you Charlie Weiss? who was great because you had Belichick and Tom Brady, or are you exceptionally a good coach? We don't know. And so this was a great move for him to go to Washington and prove that I've, I think he is a very good offensive mind, and uh, I, I think he's going to do well there. And it's, it's an off, awesome opportunity for him. And if he does great, like Ron Rivera could be fired tomorrow. Like, it, like he could very well take that job over if he does a good job and the defense is terrible. So well, I think I, it's a good move. I think it helps him. And I, he'll get the most out of whoever they have. I would have to think, Jeff, that that was a part of the reason that he went there. One, he has to go away from Patrick Mahomes to prove his worth, which seems super unfair, by the way, because Charlie Weiss didn't have to go anywhere to prove how good he was. He just got to go somewhere else and be like, ugh, that wasn't so good. Uh, Let's move on from Charlie Weiss. But there probably has to be some sort of agreement that, you know, Riverboat Ron's probably retiring at the end of this year. He's going to get fired at some point as sort of a transition because I don't think there's much they can do because of the Snyder ownership situation that the enemy has probably been promised that he is the next head coach. That'd be my assumption anyway. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And a lot of the low-hanging fruit around him is that he interviews poorly. Um, I don't I don't know. Those interviews seem like hell, I, whatever. But that that seems to be a word. I, I guess you got to impress. But hey, you could get sold a bill of goods by a monorail salesman who interviews fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, like, who cares? Who cares? He doesn't call the plays, though. That's the thing. Charlie Weiss at least called the plays. Yeah, not very well. And just in the comparison there. That but like another offense. strike against the enemy, another reason he really needed to to strike out on his own. And, and the fact that him just doing a lot with the shitty quarterback situation they have will almost be enough that for him to prove his worth. And they have a lot of fun playmakers there. Yeah, they do. They have they a do. Very, 
But they, they have a lot of Ron Rivera specials, like even bringing in Curtis Samuel into the mix. Just like weird gadget guys. But maybe they can try to make that offense look like Chiefs Jr. Uh, if Sam Howell can actually throw the ball a little bit. Although he seemed pretty mobile from what I can recall. Maybe that was Desmond Ritter. Now I get all week 17 and 18 all crossed up in my mind. Uh, we I went over and so did the coin. You two went under, but it landed directly on eight, which the commanders were. Then you got the Giants. Jeff, congratulations to us for hitting our coach of the year bets in like week 13 when everyone was just overlooking Dayball for no reason. Their over-under was seven. We all took the under. That turned out to be incorrect. I am now 0 for 7 in the NFC in one, I suppose, with the, with the push. Looking back at this, so I, I, I only gave out like two plays that I really liked and they both hit, but there's a chance that I'm like, two and 13 in the nfc they were seven wins 230 to make the playoffs that happened they didn't win the division at eight to one there was 130 to one to win the super bowl only the coin went over the rest of us went under making it let's see here that puts jeff owen three in this division tim you were one and two and the coin was owen three so poor start for all of us here in the nfc I can't imagine that their win total is going to be much higher than this again next year. I mean, we saw in the betting odds, but I mean, a lot of that has to do with they're a big market team. They're the biggest market team in the New Jersey area, from what I've heard. But being 40 to one to win the Super Bowl, was that put them at seven and a half, eight wins somewhere around there? Yeah, that's about right. That's about the number it ought to be. Who do you think has a who do you like to make the playoffs against Seattle or them? Like which one is more likely to repeat it or which team really overachieved and their trajectory or expectation has kind of been thrown off a bit? I think Seattle has a better chance of making the playoffs again because I just I, there's a chance that the Rams are terrible hmm. again. Like if the Rams don't yeah. have Matthew Stafford or Cup is hurt or they get rid of Ramsey or all three of those things happen, they could be a bottom five team and just get a lot of really cheap wins that way. Whereas, I mean, it's possible that the Eagles sustain an injury and they're terrible and the same thing could happen with the Cowboys, but Washington seems competent. Like they're not a pushover team. And then you're playing against two of the best four teams in the conference in your division. It's going to be tough to repeat that season. And they were a lot of smoke and mirrors as it was now with an entire year's worth of game film on them. Maybe teams can figure them out a little bit. I think I agree with that completely. But we still don't know what they're doing at quarterback. They don't, we don't know if they're going to sign Barkley to an extension or franchise Barkley or franchise Daniel Jones or give him five years. Like, there's a lot up in the air with the Giants right now. But I kind of do trust Dayball to make – it's a lot like Pete Carroll in that way, although I think that Dayball is much sharper when it comes to on-field management than Pete Carroll does. They both seem to get the most out of the talent that they had, whereas Pete Carroll does it more in like the college football rah-rah, get-you-pumped-up kind of way, where Dayball just apparently puts people in by far the best positions to succeed as possible. And we kind of saw that trickle down with the Bills a lot, a little bit last year too, where they weren't quite as sharp as they were the year before. Now, maybe that was a Josh Allen injury, but it could be him leaving, too. All I realize right. this is a podcast and I actually have to say something, but uh, <laughs> but I agree with everything you've said over the last two minutes. I really don't yeah. have anything to add. <laughs> I'm looking for – I'm expecting them to make an agreement with Jones. I think there's just a lot of – hyperbole and a lot of those the rumors of a week ago and that's how negotiations work like if someone asks for that they're probably smart enough to know where they're going to land in the mid to high low mid 30s i guess and jones and you fully expect them to be very aggressive with some receivers and they have all the cap room to get now dable 
He started creating a culture. Now he can actually go buy some of the toys, ingredients, to to have the results show shine through. I got to ask you, can you give me an example of some of the news that you feel around Daniel Jones has been hyperbole? Um, I don't know. People, I don't, people talk about him like he's special. And then a lot of the, the contract offers around him. Well, I mean, I, I like, was, I you, how... you, but you were the guys who corrected me on this earlier. I way undershot what he would probably end up going for for you. Cause I didn't believe that he was special. Like, what do you think they end up doing? I think, I think the move is just franchise him. And if you're wrong, pay him a bunch of money next year. And if you're like, right. And he's not the guy, well then you save yourself a world of heartache. I don't have a problem. Okay, with here's that. the problem with the franchise, as it's been described to me. That that's all directly against the cap. The moment he takes it, and it can really hinder the other uh, the the huge cut of their cap room, and hinder the other ways they can get better this year. If you're able to reach a contract agreement, you can do so so many fancy offsets. Uh, that allow them to remain hyper aggressive this offseason. Yeah, but he's not going to accept a contract that isn't like $33, $34 million a year. And if you don't want to pay that, then there's no contract to be had between the two of you. Here are some. So why waste your time? Here are some notable free agents from, where's this? NBCSportsBoston.com. I'm guessing they're going to make like Jacoby Myers number one on this list, but here's who they have ranked as the top 10 available free agent receivers. <laughs> Noah Brown, Jarvis Landry, Marvin oh Jones, Mecole Hardman. Oh, your guy, Paris Campbell, Tim. DJ, he is good. DJ Chark, Darius Slayton, who is just on the Giants, is number four. Alan Lazard, Juju, and, of course, Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers might actually be the best receiver, free agent. I actually kind of like Jacoby Myers. I don't hate him at all. I like he, him, too. He, but the but Patriots it, relied but, on him. But if I told you, without knowing who was a free agent and who wasn't at receiver, that Jacoby Myers is probably the best one on the market, you'd be like, that's a really terrible class of free agents. And I'd be right. So, it is a terrible class of free agents. You, there's no receivers out there worth signing. Draft some. Or trade. Do, do the A.J. Brown move. Like if, or trade, if, but it's, it's harder to do that. Like Go draft a bunch of receivers and see what happens. Well, I have a name. I wouldn't that, sign any of those guys, I, although I don't hate Nicole Hardman. I think the right you, format. You, you, like you just like Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is going to get paid I a like lot of money. I like him, too. I like him, money. but I don't want to give either of them like Christian Kirk money. Why? I mean, Christian Kirk ended up being well worth the money that they paid him, as it turned out. Yeah, He's but good. like he had to like have the 99th percentile possible of his season to be worth it, and it happened. But oh, like, Tim. This, in two weeks from now, or whenever that, that free agency starts, as was projected last year, that Mike Williams contract won't, will, won't look nearly what you thought it looked like. It's going to be crazy, these receivers now. No, they're gonna pay. They're gonna pay people enough to to not to not play them in meaningless games and risk their injury. You what a fucking clusterfuck! I hate everybody. I don't even care. We're not even. I don't even talk about them. I don't even like. Like that's how important those new receiver contracts will be. That they'll actually you know care about their players enough and their investments not to play the meaningless games and cost them you know a season. I have no argument. I don't even know that I care about them anymore. I uh, really still not. I'm still having. I still don't care if anyone's just taking checks. Tim, who do you think <laughs> is the best Jacoby Myers landing spot? Because I have a name with a bullet where he would fit in best. That's not the Patriots. Cleveland, Buffalo. Yeah, 
That's He's true. Like, like they had, they've been, they, they tried to bring back Cole Beasley for fuck's sake. You have Isaiah yeah. McKenzie and Shakira out there. Just put in Jacoby Myers, who's legit good on that team, and you might be cooking then. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. That'd be a good spot for him to go. Oh, Mac Hollins is a free agent. Do you want to put a guess on how much money he? I hope he goes to the Jets for your sake. How much you hate <sighs> Mac Hollins? Then have to say I, I, I can't. Yeah, it's one of the several players that I, I do not care for. What? Uh, speaking of a back team to the I don't care about, what sort of draft pick would Keenan Allen fetch? Well, I was thinking. Well, the the name that I had out there that if you're going to try to, day? if you were if you had the draft capital and we're going to go get a receiver, a la AJ Brown from last year, if Stafford is Cook, could you get Cup? Sure, of course you could. I wouldn't pay I for him. I think he's think, too much of an injury yeah, risk. There's no way I'd go. I'd, I'd pay that kind of money for him. But I, I, somebody could. Yeah, I think everything's on the table there for the right offer. If um, once they trade Jalen Ramsey, I would think that the Denver receivers might could be able to be had at this moment as well. With Peyton coming in, signing Jeff's guy Lombardi to be their new OC. You know that's going to go really well because he's great. Imagine if he's just great in Denver and revives Russell Wilson. Like what would have happened? Good for him. He couldn't do Herbert, but all of a sudden Russell Wilson's great. <laughs> <laughs> that's listen it'll work for russ it'll work for russ but joe lombardi is the type of guy like if joe lombardi and justin herbert went to the bar together he'd bring like twos to the table like he'd have justin herbert go talk to the twos well jeff instead of the nine. as i once heard five twos equal 110 yeah yes yeah that, good luck, Den- I'm sure it'll work. At- Denver is a kryptonite for me. I'm sure it'll work out great for them. All right. Well, that brings us to the midway point of the show. Normally, we do a mini cuss corner right now, but Tim, please fill us in that you've been watching Live Tour. Like everyone that I know, I, I stand next to nobody in my opposition to the existence of Live. But they had their first tournament at Mayakoba, and I've watched all the highlights on YouTube the last few days, and the production value is great. And they get it. Like they understand they can't be a they get they're they're turning golf into F one, where where the team is actually the thing that matters more than the individual. Like obviously there's a winner of the race and that matters. But in a lot of ways, it's actually the team that matters most. I think Liv gets uh something is on to something here that this is <laughs> it's far more interesting. And I think I think they're right. Like I think there's something fundamentally correct here. That there's something more interesting about highlighting and forefronting the team aspect of live rather than just being another golf tour. Like instead of just being a bunch of random players playing individually for a championship, I think they've got this little niche they're carving out that actually makes some logical sense. Now it's not like now I go back to a couple weeks ago or a month ago when I said bubble Watson was full of it. We talked about the long history of this, that, or the other team, like that's foolish, but the idea of trying to build team recognition and brand recognition around this, I think is really logical. I think people will actually find a way to be interested in that. Uh, they're going to market it, you know, at the at the at the Masters and the U.S. Open. Like they're not going to be wearing, they're going to be wearing their team logos on their hats and t-shirt and shirts. Like that's and, and the production value was good. I thought the commentary, like the, the highlights, all the commentary they showed was kind of interesting. They were having lots of fun. They were doing shoeies. 
uh, <laughs> live during the, the commentary. That was interesting. They show lots and lots of shots. They have this don't blink camera where they're cutting all the time to different shots because everybody is on the course at the same time. I think it's a brilliant idea that it's going to be the same 48 guys, 54 guys, every single uh, tournament without exception. Uh, I think that's really smart. It builds in expectations that you're going to see this golfer against this golfer and this team. Like for this to work, I think they've got their arms around it much better for this season than last season as they were adding people. And like, yeah, I know it's not on TV and I know people can't watch, but it's eventually if they continue to, if they continue to do this, uh, it seems like it's got every chance to work. Like I think they're on to something about making it like slightly different. Golf doesn't just have to be with the one single guy you're watching. That's how it has been on the PGA Tour. But that doesn't mean it has to be that way. They're sort of like borrowing some of the team aspect from, like I said, from Formula One. And I think it has every opportunity to be very successful. And I think we have to follow it as we see What it. have you done with Tim? I think we have to be honest about what we're seeing. Uh, you know, I'm no. not a fan of that league existence, but I think we, we would do a disservice to say that we see something that seems reasonable and not call it out. Like, I, I think that the way they've really, if you go on their website right now and look at the leaderboards, you have to work to find the players. You actually find teams first. That's really smart. Uh, they, they get what they're trying to drive people to be interested in. Uh, they're actually doing some innovations to golf for, for, and I don't, I'm not a fan of innovations, but insofar as they, you know, people want to see innovation, they're actually doing it. They're actually delivering it. It's interesting. I don't have to agree with them and their existence and their nature in order to say that they're doing some stuff that maybe the PGA should steal. What do you think they should steal? I what, agree what, with... What is the number one thing that you think they should steal from the Live Tour right now? Because we saw this with the NFL and the first iteration of the XFL. They stole, The XFL wasn't good, but the NFL stole what they wanted from the XFL because they just had new innovations. So I'm curious to, to know what you think those innovations could be. Hmm. I think the first one is significantly reducing the size of the fields and oh, tournaments. No, they got, they got, they've got it. Like nobody is tuning in to CBS to watch somebody who's that who was the, the last guy in on a Tuesday qualifier. No, I'm sorry. Outside of that person's family, nobody cares. It's not uh, interesting. It's not interesting. It's not I television that I fans. I want to see Rom and Rory every single week competing to win every week. I don't want to see some no-name at the Honda Classic compete. Like, I didn't watch a second of the golf tournament yesterday because I couldn't care less between those guys who won. What does it matter to me? I've never heard of those guys. I'll probably never hear about them again. Like, I don't care. And, like, you can say, well, I bet on them. I want to watch. Well, you don't need to watch. You know, they're, they're going to pay you out whether you win or lose regardless if you watch. Like, it's not television I care about. I want to see names every single week. And how do I develop that? By having a small curated group uh, of in their case 54 but in the pga could be like a larger number 100 or whatever like they totally get it i think that's the that and and finding a way to incorporate team <laughs> stuff i i think it's brilliant i think it's actually pretty forward looking as much as i hate that it's coming from live like I, i'm not going to stand here and lie and pretend like it's not good i have to call things as i see it now i can't tell if you're trying I not, to I curse the live tour out of existence because it kind of sounds like that or you're kind of enamored because every single one of your favorite golfers went to the live tour this is a real problem for me all the guys i like have gone there all the guys i like have gone there it's a real problem i watch it like shot after shot like i like that guy oh he's there i, I love joaquin neiman I, I forgot he was there 
Oh, there's Cam Smith. That's great. Cam Smith's still wearing pants when he competes, by the way, whereas a lot of guys are still are wearing shorts. Cam Smith isn't. Uh, yeah, all my favorite golfers. Like, there was Dick Bland in shorts and a weird baseball cap making a putt. They added – they have the microphone in the cup, which I love. That was a Fox innovation that they brought back. That's I love that sound. Uh, yeah, it looked a lot better. It was better. It, it was kind of a joke last year for the most part. It wasn't a joke on Sunday. And if people treat it like that, I think they're going to be surprised when casuals – I have no idea actually, what would be different. If casuals year, can actually, I actually watch it, even dis- I think oh. – I, I don't even disagree with – I don't disagree with everything you said. It, it can exist. It can be different. That's not the worst thing in the world. They can go about it their own way. I – as the kids would say, did not have this on my 2023 bingo card. Neither did I, but I see the highlights because like there's a meaningless PGA tournament this Sunday and I couldn't care less about it. So I'm watching. It was meaningless. Look, there was nobody in that field. I'm not interested. If the big names aren't in it, I'm kind of not interested. You have your opinion, but I think a lot of the golf viewing public, there's a charm in a guy. Now it doesn't mean the same, but there's a charm in a guy getting his card winning an event just like there's a charm in you want a guy to a a very good player to win his first major like there's a there's a story and there it's compelling to to a lot of golf fans now are a lot of them turned off of course but the show was on and I I want to watch Patrick Mahomes on Sundays and I want to watch you know the best players I'm less interested in some guy who is just uh, a guy who's having a great. I'm just sorry. I can't pretend like I. I think Liv totally gets. They're right about the small groups and 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 reducing field sizes. I think it's brilliant. I think that's, you know, I, I think that's really bright. I think that's that. That's they're a smart, smart way to, to market schedule golf. against. They're smart to schedule against the shittiest events too, right? There's no secret yeah. that that's got to be methodical. Exactly. Why did I watch highlights yesterday and this weekend? Because the who cares what goes on at the Honda? There's no one that I care about. Whereas I was really interested in. I wanted to see how Phil looked. I wanted to see how Dick Bland looked. I wanted to see how Louis played. I wanted to see how Dustin and Bryson looked. I, I wanted to see Peter Uline play. Like that kind of interests me. You really wanted and so, hold, excuse hold, me. Stop it. Now oh, you're full of shit. Yeah, you, you, you just because he joined you that gave, team. If he's that good enough, away if he's that good enough to be on right that, there, pal. Good Peter, if he's good enough give me a to break. be a draft pick on that, if he's good enough to be a draft pick on that team, and I I know who Peter Uline is. I kind of want to watch those. He's a b- bigger star than ninety six percent of the people who played last week at the Honda. Peter Uline is not bigger than a guy who won in the past that played on a Ryder Cup or President's Cup that took a break for sobriety and to get his life together and to find his way back in winner's circle. That's not bigger than that. If you say so. I mean, I, I, that story you just told is a great story. That's a, that's a lovely story of overcoming uh, demons and, and problems in one's life. But, like, I was more interested in basically everybody on that tour, on the live tour, unfortunately. I hadn't seen them play golf in a while. Oh yeah, how's he doing? Like I knew, I knew what team Uline had been drafted on. I thought it was interesting when he got drafted who, on what, the Crushers. What, I was like, really? Who else is on the Crushers? That's the that's the uh, the team with Charles Howell. That's the team with Bryson as the captain. Like that's an interesting team. You realize like, that Charles okay. was on the team. Who else was on the team? Because I saw the winning picture on the internet of you know, like they won the they won it as a team. I knew it was on the team. I didn't even watch. Well, you can't 
watch because it's not on it TV is, here. It or. is It is on TV here. I like that you're such a fan of this fucking tour and can't find it no, on no, your no. dial. No, no, no. I'm not I'm not a fan of this t- tour. But, you know, what do you want to hear? Like, Crusher's is... Uh, is I want to know who's kay. on the team. Now, number Bryson. one, Peter... I'm looking at it right now. Peter Uline's not even no, on the Uline's, fucking Crusher's. Uline's on the Aces. You're right. I forgot about that. Uline's on DJ's team. How many teams can you name? Well, I know the Majestics because they were the worst team yesterday. Uh, that's uh, what's his name? That's, that's Poulter's team, the Majestics. It's also got Lee Westwood, another <laughs> one of my guys. Another one of my guys is on that team. Uh, I know that Neiman's team is the Torque team. I know the Stingers, uh, Aces, the Cliques, because that's where Bland plays is the Cliques. Like, I, again, I know some of these teams. Also, those are kind of fun names. I got to give them that. Those are fun names. Uh, you know, I, I think the logos look am- a little amateurish. They kind of look like something you'd put together on MS Paint. But they're up to something there. You know, they're up to something that I, you know, you dismiss at your peril. They're doing something innovative. And I am such a bad judge of what people like and don't like in terms of change. <laughs> That like I see this stuff and I go, this might actually have more purchase than the people who seem to sit around PGA locker rooms and poo-poo what Liv is doing. But like they also said this this time last year that Liv was a nothing nobody burger, and uh, you know it it basically ripped that that tour apart. So just saying, people continue to underestimate these people, and I, I say you shouldn't do that. They're they're up to some interesting I mean, stuff. They are up to interesting stuff. I would say their first off season acquisitions were more like a Pittsburgh Pirates offseason than the New York Yankees, but because they had already picked up all the big guys. They already picked up all the big names. You're right. They they spent. Um, We don't have this sort of like walking dead fear of defectors of any consequence that that we used to, but I don't think you're totally off base, but I do think you could be full of shit. What do you mean? You, you, like, I don't know. I have the puzzle pieces of every other conversation I've had with you. Oh, I despise this league. Despise despise its existence. Wish it didn't exist. Think it's ruining golf. Think it may actually ruin golf in, in, in a real, you know, in a way for a generation. All those things are true. Despise, you know, where the money is coming from, what they've done. But at the same time, like... If you see it, like they still have guys on there I, I, that are good golfers that I want to see golf, and like it sucks that they're doing interesting and cool stuff. Like, don't just assume they're going to lose. Like, they might win. And what would it mean if they won? Win what? I like, I, I just, I'm just saying, what they're doing has some real interest. And if the PGA Maybe. is smart, they should be pilfering all the good ideas because there are Pat there seem to be a lot the- of them. Pat mentioned, I think the, t- the reducing. The field size is a must. I hate that. What was great we, about we, the we, W? Je, well, Je, Jeff, you don't like it, but as, Jeff but and I, Jeff and I just had care this, about you. We, we just Golf had this about me. We, we just had this conversation. I mean, you didn't even fucking watch it. Why do they care about you? Because I'm the person that you're the person who didn't watch didn't know that it was on TV when you could watch it. I'm saying the PGA cares about people like me who will watch when it's interesting and will not watch when it is not. But you're gonna watch. You're gonna them. watch regardless. You're gonna watch. You're gonna, watch you have you're gonna watch their elevated events. So your solution is let's play forty man fields every week with all the best players, fifty two weeks a year. No, let's have twenty five elevated fields a year. Let's do that. They, they don't, don't want to do fucking that. do that because they don't want to fucking play that many I, times. 
I respect your stance that you just want to watch the good players play and the PGA season is long and exhausting and you don't have the the patience or give a shit for the stuff that happens between the elevated events and, and the majors. I don't like that's a fair case to have. People can take some time off, walk, come back for the players and this week at Bay Hill. But I am but to totally dismiss like what happens and, and the purpose of those events, I think is also silly in some respects, but that's fair. It's a total golf season's long and exhausting. If you want a week off the PGA now and then that's, I, I can't blame you. That's how I feel. And I think the live did some, from what I've seen from these YouTube videos that I watched, uh, I thought they were up to some interesting stuff. I like the font Who that they're using. Who are you using. picking to win the masters? Because all your guys are there now. I know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, probably somebody like Jason Day. Oh. I don't know. Probably Jason Day. Those are those are daggers to a lot in the community, Tim. A lot, a lot I don't of people know. I haven't, I haven't decided. Day. Okay. Like, maybe him. Maybe, you know, maybe one of the live guys. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do next week. I don't have no idea what I'm going to do next week at the at, – uh, the players' championship. All my all my players don't play there anymore. Well, I mean, I have you, no you, idea you burned, what to do. You burned Hideki this week, so anyway, we should probably get, gravitate back towards football because we are on a time limit here uh, because we have more stuff to do after this. NFC North. This is going to be a very confusing division, I think, going forward because how good are the Lions going to be, Tim? Last year, six and a half was their over-under. You were the only one of us to go over, so you got that correct, and Jeff, the coin, and I all got that wrong. They were 60-1 to to win the conference, 150 to win the Super Bowl, 4-1 to to make the playoffs. None of that stuff happened, but they did hit the over on their win total, and you think they're going to be even better next year. Is there a chance they're sort of... I always think of the Dolphins when I think about this because it feels like it's happened four or five times in my lifetime now where they get the Dolphins are out of it and then they get really hot at the end of the season. Then they come into the next year as the super trendy pick. Feels like that might be the Lions. Maybe. But, you know, everybody understands that the Vikings won how many one-score games and if things even out the way they ought to, that those 13 wins will be like eight or nine. So the Vikings are going to deflate. The Packers are certainly not going to have Rodgers and somehow will even be worse. And the Bears are still all, uh, you know, a couple of years away. So the Lions just happen to be the right team at the right time in the right spot sort of thing. A lot of it is circumstantial. Um, they proved a lot this year in a division. I mean, yeah, the Bears were the worst team in the NFL by record. But, you know, the, the Packers, while imploding, didn't – I mean, they had a chance to make the playoffs at the end of the year. And, and the Vikings won a ton of games. And the Lions still showed a lot of grit. And let a few games off their their rackets that if they had uh, tightened things up a little bit could have won ten or eleven or twelve games. So, you know, I, I'm we we all joked about how silly Dan Campbell looked and that he was a bad coach. And I, at least I'm over here saying I, I actually have changed my mind. I think Dan Campbell showed genuine growth last year and got better as a coach. And I think reason to believe he's going to perhaps get better again. So. Yeah, there was something with him where he, he played up the everyman stuff and then, you know, all the old head football guys really started to like him. But he kind of rope-a-doped everyone that he kind of plays a goof, but he made a lot of really sharp decisions throughout the course of yes. the year, especially when it came to, I mean, remember when they played the Jets? I mean, they really only had one successful play, that fourth and one <laughs> when they went for it. And the Jets were just off guard for the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, that's a great example. Obviously, the, the winning play to end the year where they went for it against the Packers, right? 
But the craziest thing, I don't know, just to look at their roster construction, if you think the goof can continue to be as good as he was last year, which isn't inconceivable to think, even though he's a year older, they're going to get Jamison Williams completely healthy. But, Jeff, I think you look at them and just – Look at their offensive line. Look at their defensive line and be like, hey, we were a shitty team. We decided to build these two units. And that's usually how bad teams become great teams really quickly because they can fill in the other pieces. Like, I know that Rodgers would never go, the Packers would never trade Rodgers to the Lions. But if, like, some something happens next year and, like, a top-end quarterback becomes available and you just insert him into the Lions, all of a sudden they're probably going to be, like, top five Super Bowl contenders if everything holds up for them. Jeff is at Publix right now, I think, in the checkout aisle. Has he? Has he? Quit? I don't know. I think he's quit the show. I can hear noise in the background. I, I can hear his daughter in the background. One of his daughters, at least. I don't know where he has gone, though. Okay. Well. All right. Well, it's me. I can and, vamp. Well, it's well, it's me and you, pal. We're going to move on from the Lions. Am I back? You're back. Where were you? I don't really understand. I'm on my mother-in-law's laptop, and I think it, like, syncs to her phone, and her microphone took over. Oh, yeah, because we, we could hear someone talking, and it wasn't you, and it wasn't about the well, lions. Hor- I really hope that doesn't happen again. Um, the program is in incredible shape there, and they have the extra draft pick from the Rams still. There's a lot of talk that they could be the hyper-aggressive team to make a trade, bring in a Jalen Ramsey-type super veteran to help, you know, live up to Tim's expectations. But the coach is no good, right, Jeff? I heard about that last year. I never said he wasn't. When I say a guy shouldn't be coach of the year last year, that doesn't mean he's not good. The league also nominated six freaking people, and he wasn't one of them. So don't throw a stone at me on that. To continue, I do think his spot as the favorite right now is warranted because he showed that he could be potentially worth earned it and people really do like him. So that's exciting for, for them. Pat nailed it. Like this is now the Detroit lions have not just like, Oh, people are excited that they can turn a corner like last year and clear six and a half wins. This is now expectations that haven't existed since, you know, Calvin was there, which worries me. That worries me for their future. I'm not so really worried about the future because they got draft picks. I mean, I'm worried they might underachieve this year, but still be fine and in great shape. I'm not too worried about their future. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, let me rephrase it. I am worried about them based on the expectations that are getting put on them this year. Like when the division odds come out, they're going to be the favorite to win this division unless Rodgers you is think still... so I still think the Vikings I still think the Vikings will be... I, I, I'm looking at no. the, I'm looking at the Super Bowl odds right now okay. Lions 28 to 1 Packers 35 to 1 Vikings 45 to 1 okay fair enough I still would have figured the Vikings would get a slight edge and the Lions would be like plus 140 or or you know I guess not like that but sort of like the Vikings would be slight favorites and the Lions would be a close second but okay fair enough um Let's see here. Let's go to the Vikings. Uh, they went over their number. I actually got one right. I'm on the board for a win here. Jeff, and I, Je- Jeff and I went over. You and the coin went under. I actually think the Vikings are going to be, what I, in my mind, we'll see what they do in the offseason. I think they're going to be a super sharp pick next year. Like, yes, 
they're going to regress on the luck that they had last year. And we saw, remember when that hit the the Raiders so hard this year that they won all these one-score games. They didn't really improve all that much outside of getting Devontae Adams, but the, the goodness of Devontae Adams didn't keep the same lucky streak that they had going. But realistically, the, the problem with the Vikings is their defense. If they can improve their defense, they're actually going to be a pretty good team because their offense, regardless of what you say about it, was really, really good. They fired their DC, bring in someone new. And as we've seen year over year, Tim, that defense being the best defense and being the worst defense is really hard to replicate because defense can be pretty random and schedule based yeah. all the time. But they need to add a lot of talent not to be god-awful on the defensive side. Not saying that that can't happen. Not saying that the offense can't carry them again. But my goodness, that defense was so horrific. So Brian Flores is in now. And and you know what? Brian Flores is a great coach and a smart mind. And I don't doubt that he'll whip into shape the best that he can, the players that he's got. But the Vikings need to make some big investments. I don't know that I would draft a single offensive player if I were the Vikings. Not one. I might focus all my time on defense. Because you're right. If they got their defense sorted out, like they'd be okay. I mean, I could ask the same question to you. Can the Vikings win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins that you asked to Jeffrey about the Vikings? Or Cowboys, sorry. Yeah. And not with this defense. No, I don't think so. But I think if you got him a mid-tier defense to a, a good defense, like a top 10 defense, like the ninth okay. rated defense, whatever it is, I think Kirk Cousins could win a Super Bowl. Yeah. I okay. don't think I, don't I think, think th- I think I agree with you. I, I, it's almost the same as Dak. Like, I don't think that they're necessarily the reason that you win a Super Bowl. But if the 49ers came very, very close to winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy G and or Brock Purdy, I think they're better than those guys. Tim literally was calling Kirk Cousins better than Aaron Rodgers. And now yeah, I, I no longer have that Jets. opinion. I have no longer hold that opinion. I held <laughs> it then. I don't hold it Jets. now. I, I'm aware. I am getting excited. Don't worry. I spend all my days basically on the boards trying to get updates. Don't worry. Especially now that he's out of his darkness retreat. Anyway, that's an AFC discussion. That's time to... Well, let's talk about the Packers then, because I mentioned the Packers are 35-1. to Their win total was 11. They were, I believe, my pick to go to the Super Bowl from the NFC. So that was not good. Uh, Of course, I went over. Jeff and I went over. You and the coin both went under, Tim. But Jeff, what does this team look like without Aaron Rodgers? Wow, it's a new day. But I don't know, a young team with a... Court with a young quarterback, a different team. I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, you think about it, it literally is as mind boggling as thinking about the Packers without Brett Favre, you know, to this, you know, 20, 22 year old guy. Like, that seemed like the weirdest thing in the world, also. So it's deja vu all over again. They got young receivers, uh, they'd spread the cap money around. I don't think they'd be horrible. And if they did trade Rodgers, presumably they'd get a bunch of picks to start the rebuild right now. But mm, generate. I don't know about that. What do you think that Rodgers is going to go for? A lot less than people think. Like maybe a first or maybe a second and a third. Like I don't even think he's going to go for nearly as much as people think. You think he's going to go for a first, less, a third, you, and a conditional? Yeah, third, he's a, third yeah. Third. A fir- maybe a first, and, I mean, a first and a third. Yeah, okay, uh, that's possible. Like uh, it wouldn't be a heck of a lot more than that. But right. the ex, the, the thirty-nine years old could probably be a first. Also, could be two firsts, and I think could be two ones. 
gee, I don't know. Would you give up two? If know. you were the Jets, would you give up two first round picks? Yeah, I think I think I. Uh, yeah, I guess I would reluctantly, with some caveats, and I need some guarantees from him. But look, you know, he comes to New York. He can be a first ballot Hall of Famer, so he maybe would he'd want to come. You, no, he's not. You, you're hold not on, getting... hold on. Do you do, do you think that if he didn't go to New York, he's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer? <laughs> no, I'm having fun. But you did. With, but you uh, do. Was... But you do seriously think that if Derek Carr went and won a Super Bowl, that he would be a first ballot Hall of Famer? I, I do believe that. Yes, that's insane. That's See, pure if lunacy. Carr, okay. If Derek Carr won the Trent Dilfer Super Bowl, it doesn't matter what freaking city it's from. He's not getting the credit. I think you misunderstand how important it would be to New York. They would build statues yeah, to him outside of Giants Stadium. Great for New York. Mookie Wilson was important for New York. And Derek Carr is, is a guy who's very popular around the league. And if he wins a Super Bowl in New York and he plays well, I'm just saying no, he no, will no. have there's his boosters a, in the Hall of Fame. That will happening on the Hall of Fame now. That it seems like, um, which is not very well timed for someone important to me who I've always said, I actually don't believe he's a Hall of Famer, but under the current construct of them letting in just really good players and not the greats of the greats, they've kind of changed the the landscape there. And and it does feel like there could be a turning point to sort of turn these halls back into um, halls of super elites, but we could do this. You let a guy you think is going to be a Hall of Famer walk out your building without a contract? I mean, what an embarrassing situation for the Jets. Like, either Derek Carr comes there and he's horrible or he goes somewhere else and is really good and you let, like, oh, you guys let a Hall of Famer walk away. It's just a weird situation. Weird. If I was him, I wouldn't go to the Jets. I'd go to the Saints. Or the Panthers. The Saints make a lot of sense, too. They just, again, just sign with the NFC. It seems to be much better for the health. But, eh, you know, I, I mean, competitors don't usually think that way, though, right? They think, ah, oh, the heck with it. I'm as good as any of these teams. Yeah, no, I understand that. But I'm sure agents are in your like, hey, you can probably make even more money next time around if you go play for the Saints, win the division in a pretty Maybe. in a pretty soft conference in a soft division, rather than going to the AFC East where there's one really good team and two teams that you don't really know but are probably average at worst. Go to the marquee team in the conference or, you know, and make a lot of money in the biggest city. I mean, do that too. What, what do you What do you mean the most money in the biggest city? Are you saying that yeah, somehow a, the Jets have the ability to pay him more money than other teams? No, but you know if you're a, a big star in New York City, I mean the world's your oyster. Is it? I mean, sorry, please, I'm please, sorry. Please, like, please, please read me out. The big the, uh, easy is nice, but please, yeah. please read me out. Um, I don't know, Mark Sanchez's Mark Sanchez's, who was very successful as a New York Jets quarterback, endorsement deals versus For I don't know. Seasons. Let's say Drew Brees. Took Drew Brees a long time to get endorsement deals. And he got them playing in New Orleans. He actually had to leave sure. the big he had to leave San Diego to go to New Orleans to get those deals. No, he didn't he was forced out of San Diego foolishly. He he didn't choose to leave. I don't know if it was foolishly. Okay. No. Anyway, that's a do, discussion. Do, do, for do, do you really think it is? I mean, Jeff would be the the arbiter of this. I without Sean Payton, I don't know how much better Breeze gets than what he was in San Diego. And what he was in San Diego was worse than what Rivers was in San Diego. People talk about Drew Breeze in the, as a Charger as if he didn't lead them to the number one overall freaking pick. Mm, no. And then he had a torn shoulder. Like, the, the, he tore his shoulder in the last Week 17 game, 
He needed major reconstructive surgery. He ended up having to go to NFL Siberia. I mean, great for Drew. It's awesome. But the notion the Chargers should have kept Drew Brees at that day when under the old construct, you paid a guy who was drafted where Phillip was drafted pretty much like $35, $40 million to walk in the front door on the first day of camp. And then they had nothing on a cap number. So they could never recoup that signing bonus in a trade. Drew Brees had a completely torn labrum. Credit to Sean Payton, who even the owner in New Orleans would be the biggest villain ever. That team was moving. Katrina actually kept the team there because the league's like, we can't. It'd be such a bad PR thing to have them suffer a natural disaster of that magnitude and then move their football team. And then magic. Credit to Peyton, credit to Breeze. I take nothing away from them. But it's revisionist history, and it's wrong. The Bears are the other team in this division. Now, I only have two right in the NFC, but if you're going to be right, at least make it the one you feel the strongest about. Six and a half was the Bears' win total. We bet that adjusted down at plus 160 to five and a half. And, Jeff, the worst record in football. All of it came true in the, well, the win total locked up pretty easily, but the worst record thing was a real bonus in Week 18. Can't believe, what was the thinking? We all went under. We all got this right. What were people thinking about the six and a half? Where did that come from? Yeah, that was really high and early, and I think it got even shorter. But that that thing was steamed steam down real low i don't really know what people were were thinking there pat and it does seem now like the the more likely option is still trading the first pick rather than trading justin fields uh which i guess is a very good endorsement for justin fields and unfortunately for their cap number uh when we went over the receivers list to go get this guy some weapons to him it's probably not gonna happen there's nobody i mean in retrospect maybe it was smart to trade for for chase claypool the rumor is he's better than any of those guys maybe Maybe the rumor is they could use some of the what they get in the trade and then go give it to the Bengals for for T Higgins. I could see Makes that. Sense. I guess he's available if he's available. I mean, the Bengals might want to take one more shot at running this back if, if they go to the they go to the Super Bowl and lose. They're in the AFC Championship and lose the window with this specific team. Now they're going to have their core pieces, but Higgins is a huge piece of their team that you may have to run it back one more time. You run it back once more, and then you pay Chase and let Higgins walk. That's very possible. Yeah. NFC South. What a division this was. Let's see here. Uh, Tampa Bay's over-under was 11 and a half. That did not happen. Um, Yeah. Minus 600 to make the playoffs. That did happen. Minus 250 to win the division. That did happen. They were seven and a half to one to win the Super Bowl. What does this team Look, who is going to be their quarterback next year? I, it feels like we've talked around all these other teams. Where's Carr going to go? And where's Rodgers going to get traded to? And we haven't linked anyone to Tampa Bay. Is it just to bring Jameis back? Uh, they seem to be fully accepting their current situation. They, they want need to go after a rookie. Bowl, and it's all going to, I think Evans gets traded this offseason, probably other people. And they start a complete gutting and and start start a new a new world. If you were the yeah, big... they need to go after a rookie. And there's a lot of rookie QBs this year, even even the not the top ones. Uh, they got to go after some rookies. Who do you think's more likely to get traded, Evans or Godwin? Evans. Who would you rather trade for? Godwin. I think I'd rather trade for Godwin too. He's two years younger. I think he has more mm-hmm. of a. Te- I think he has a more team friendly deal. 
at this point because i think evans gets paid like i know godwin gets paid a lot of money but i think it's not an outrageous amount of money for what receivers make now where i think evans is coming up and then he would probably command one more huge one he's almost 30 and he doesn't i mean i don't know what happened to him he doesn't last year. move he moved very young. like if you watched him run his routes at the end of the last year it was not a a pretty scene so they're gonna be bad is what we're saying yeah, but they're, you would open, imagine. they're accepting of it, I think. They're setting that up as well. They're aware of, of uh, the ecosystem and, and their place in it at the moment. They're 60 to 1 to win the Super Bowl next year. It's crazy. And they were pl- I mean, they don't even have a quarterback. I know, but it just it's funny. They were plus 750 last year, and then you go all in. Once again, doesn't work. Uh, Jeff cashes this one. He was the only one who went under on what the bucks were up to the saints i was the only one to get this correctly because i was the only one that went under i actually really much like you jeff who really loved the saints last year i really like the saints going into next year because i think they're far more well positioned with the right quarterback like they're bringing back andy dalton and Jameis. it's just not going to cut it this time around what who do you see that right fit for them being if it's not Derek carr I don't know. It could be a rookie. It could be Jimmy Garoppolo. But, like, Dalton was washed. And Jameis was apparently so bad they couldn't even play him over Andy Dalton after he came back. But the biggest thing is the quarterback is sort of, it's not irrelevant. But you can't have, you need someone who can make a play or two and not turn the ball over at will. Because the last five weeks of the season, four weeks of the season, once they got everyone back on the defensive side of the ball, they had, like, a top five defense again. I, I, I like the roster a lot. Uh, I kept believing in them, and they kept hurting me. I mean, I guess they could – it depends on who they bring in as a quarterback or try to figure it out, but does anyone want Michael Thomas at this point? I mean, I, I mean, for nothing maybe, but even then, no. I mean, he hasn't shown anything the last several seasons. He just be finished. He could be, but like, if you were the Bears and you had that, you had that second-round pick to trade again – would you want to trade it for Chase Claypool or would you trade it for Michael Thomas? No, I'd trade it for Claypool. Claypool like might suck. I mean, Thomas was never he was never a breakaway guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but why what, just run, run Yeah, run routes and catch like 130 balls a year. Chase Claypool, there's a chance he can't even catch. See, here we go. Here's more Chase Claypool bashing. What, what, what <laughs> he's, do you a very, he's a good he's a good receiver. I, I won't I won't stand for it. He had, a, he had a good year. That was nice one. I have seen so many of his highlights on TSN over and oh. over and over again. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, I actually think he's good. I, think, I don't think he's great, but I think he's good. Would, uh, I don't think what, he's, what I think he's got some skill. That? What would lead you to believe that he's good? I've seen a lot of highlights of his catches. I think he's okay. I think if he had the opportunity hmm. with a full season with Chicago, that they'd be okay. So this is like the live golf thing. You've seen highlights. Well, because I can't watch it on TV, Jeffrey. I would have loved to. I would have watched it. It was on TV. I'd rather watch. I I don't know. I'd rather watch Bryson and Dustin hit shots and uh, and, and Stenson hit shots than guys I've never heard of before. But that's me. I guess I'm a weirdo. I'm the weirdo. I I don't disagree with that. People want to see Phil hit a chip. Bryson hit a... You should have seen this eagle that Phil made yesterday on, I think it was five, the par five. It was a fantastic eagle. What did Phil finish like fourteen over par? Uh, he was even worse. He, he played much better yesterday. Yeah, uh, he, he he did not start well, but he pulled it together quite well in the last round. So, he what do up. you make of Chase Kepka? Or that's just the cost. Of hey, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Back to Chase Claypool for a second here. 
I mean, he might as well be the Chase Kepka of the NFL. Uh, Jeff, can you please tell me where Chase Claypool went to college and we can really unlock and unravel why Tim has a spin? No, it's got nothing to do with this. That that I didn't think about a minute ago, but as you mentioned it, there it is. It all adds up once again. That was just like when we were in Phoenix and Michael Floyd got caught being asleep at a red light and charged with a DUI. And then Tim thought it was some sort of criminal conspiracy. The cops were setting him up. I don't believe I said that. Oh, you did. You said he probably didn't do it. But it was- look, in his last... No, I didn't say that either. There was video evidence of it. But like his last year in Notre Dame, he had over 1,000 yards receiving, which, you know, they only play like 10 or 11 games a year. So like that, he obviously can play. And I think the Bears were right to give up a second-round pick for him over Michael Thomas, who, who probably is done for. That okay, I can understand that argument. I think it's, a, it's pretty close. Like, if Michael Thomas is somehow right, Michael Thomas, at least we know, is really good. We know nothing about Chase Claypool. He made, like, two highlight well, catches in a year. Great. And, well, he, and he, couldn't, he couldn't pick up the playbook in seven games last year. You know, he had over 100 yards in both of his years in Pittsburgh. And, uh, you know, he had nine touchdowns in his rookie year. Like, he wasn't a bad player then. I mean, Mark Bo Richter had like 13 touchdowns one year. Great. It's fantastic. Do it again. I'm just saying, like, you know, he's young and there's, pot- there's, there's potential there. And it's just less, a little less risk. And Michael Thomas is likelier finished than not. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand this sort of gratuitous Chase Claypool bashing. It well, doesn't, you, doesn't you, you, just, you just said he was great. I didn't say he was great. Yes, you did. Good. Can we we rewind the tape, Jeff? What did you? I wish we could. I said he's not great. He's good. Mm -hmm. He's worth a second round pick, and I think he's got some talent. (laughs) I I think Chicago intelligently set themselves up with getting him as a receiver. So you think that I'd like to have him? I would take him. You think that really? You want him on the Jets? Would he even start on the Jets? I mean, I mean, we do have a legit bomb squad right now. But there's actually no. There's no way I would take Chase Claypool over all the receivers that are that are being mocked into round two today. I would take him over all those guys you mentioned in free agency. Okay, that I would I would yeah. rather have Jacoby Myers. I mean that's a I, I don't hate that, but I think I would still take Claypool. Like people rag on Juju for being shitty and he was because he be, is he's better than Claypool. No, he's not. He is. What would lead you to believe Claypool is better? I have watched Claypool play a lot more. Know that he can play. It, it doesn't sound like you've watched like last year. How much did you watch Claypool play? Because he was barely fucking not playing half lot. the time. Because he, although could, we did have the Bears on a lot, because the Bears, you know, despite winning three games, like they lost like six games within one score or something. So and Field, you were sweating that out week after week. And Fields was a lot of fun to watch. But here's the funny thing: yes. when you started watching the Bears, they were like, "We can't even have Claypool on the field because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing." Well, they don't. They didn't attempt passes all that often either to give Claypool his due. It's not like Chicago was throwing it 45 times a game. Interesting stuff. Not what I thought we'd fight about in the NFC South, but. Panthers and Falcons are the other two teams. I actually got these two right over and over, six and a half and five. The The Falcons won cash quickly, and then it really ran out of steam. Uh, unfortunately for me, the playoff bet at eight to one didn't end up coming around. But who is better positioned, Jeff, to be better? And actually, when is the next time one of these teams is going to make the playoffs, do you think? Is it this year? Is it two years from now? Okay, so I guess I have to answer Carolina because their defense to me is far and away the best unit of all of, of both of these teams. 
I don't hate on Frank Reich. Things sort of spiraled out of control, and he was a great coach. I, I don't want to say he was a great coach, but, you know, he was there through the Andrew Luck stuff, which is pretty rare for anyone to have to deal with. I, I like the pieces in Carolina. I would be – Carolina right now would probably be my – not to win the Super Bowl, but if I had to take, like, a long shot or something to invest in a team to – to be better than people think. I think it's Carolina for me. How much of that depends on who they get at quarterback? I guess everything. Uh, but this owner ain't, doesn't seem like he's going to knit, although they could just really do the draft and they could do really one of those experimental things like Will Levis or the guy from Florida, which, which you're right. If they do it at seven overall, then maybe I am um, – there's going to be a bit of a bump there. Uh, maybe they're the team that trades with Chicago to move up to one. I, I guarantee you that'd be one of those phone calls. Oh, for sure. And I, I guess it depends. We still don't know what's as of this recording, what's going on with Lamar Tim, but it does seem like the, if it's not going to stick with Baltimore, it feels like the Falcons have emerged as the team most interested in going to get Lamar. Sure. Arthur Smith's offensive system would be perfect for him. They would be the favorite to win the division if they had Lamar. I don't I mean, think it's even close. Yeah. I mean, it would depend. If the Saints got Carr, then I could see it being a coin flip, but you're probably right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that that Atlanta is a very smart landing spot for uh, for Jackson if that were to come to pass. I think Arthur Smith would maximize him. The, the Falcons have pieces, but they you know they still lack, obviously, that, that central figure. Ever since Matt Ryan left and stopped, being good like the Falcons have been bad well that's not surprising your quarterback's bad you're going to be bad so well I mean so I guess my answer would be provisionally with Jeff Carolina but Atlanta could jump immediately and Atlanta could also be the team that's calling for number one overall if Lamar is not on the market um yeah I'm really excited anytime the number one picks up for trades uh, that'll be really fun for the next month and a bit you know, here's, I mean, this is this is just me speaking out loud here. Maybe Michael Thomas was the bad, uh, the bad idea is the comparison of this. Instead of trading for Chase Claypool and you're the Bears, why didn't they get Calvin Ridley? I can't believe more teams weren't in on that. I can't believe, I mean, yeah, he had his shit, but the way the receiver market the way the receiver market is currently set up in the league, what a perfect player to be getting. What a perfect player to be coming into Jacksonville. And this, I wish the Chargers would have had the balls for something like that. Not that I care. <laughs> and he, listen, he has a lot of uh, tie-ins. He can oh, the him. things Kellen Moore would have done with him. The genius Kellen Moore. Oh, the touchdowns they would have devised for him. Is oh, Kellen Moore a genius? I, I suspect he. I mean, people loved him. Uh, I don't think he's any good. I mean, you also called yeah. Salah genius this year too, and then had to, ch- and then a, had to change it to defensive genius once you started watching him throw challenge flags all the time. Defensive genius and player motivator. I stand by that. Yeah, in game manager, brutal. Hopefully, Rogers takes over some of that himself. So you're just penciling in Rogers? No, I'm not. Pen- well, yes, penciling him because you could erase it. I wouldn't write it in ink. But penciling, I, I think it's likelier than not that, like, I still think it's like that's like 55%. So, but like, there's still Rogers, a massive chance he doesn't. It seems like the Jets, 
Like, if Rodgers is going to pull the, I'm not, like, I'll see you in August, there's no way the Jets are going to take him. Oh, I don't know about that. I think they're pretty desperate. Every move they've made over the last several weeks is contingent upon, like, I think giving themselves need, an opportunity to get him. The, they would need the Tom Brady and Tampa buy-in. Like we're gonna, I'm gonna find a high school field and Garrett Wilson and Corey. Oh, and, Woody would give him everything he wanted and more. No, but I'm saying the the the, the if Rogers pulls the standard, I'll see you in August. I don't think that's gonna work for the Jets. Maybe, maybe not. But you didn't think it was gonna work for Tampa either. You're right. You're right. And it did. So, like, I, again, I get what you're saying, but you, you start from a, has so a position much to of do with that. Brady put himself all in. Like I said, organizing things at, at high school fields with the receivers. Sure. In the no, middle I agree pandemic. with that. It might not work. It might be a colossal mistake. But I'm to the point now where I'm ready for my team to, to roll the bones. Yeah, of course. I, I do agree. The Jets got to do it if it's there. That would be a lot of fun. I'm I don't see any downside. Fun. I only see upside. What's the downside? They I don't suck? Care. Well, that's I mean, been sucking for 20 years. I don't, because I don't care anymore, I don't know how I could be of any value or entertainment. So I'm really hoping Rogers goes to the Jets so you can fill, fill in for me. So to go over our NFC Championship game picks, uh, Cust was right. He had the Niners over the Bucks. At least both his teams made the playoffs, and he had the correct one. Uh, actually, he didn't have the correct one. The Eagles ended up winning, but he had the, he had an NFC title participant. Jeff and I both had the Packers winning the NFC. I had it over the Buccaneers. Jeff had it over the Vikings. So to add up the win totals from the NFC, from preseason, how we did, the coin Last place, 4-11. At least I beat someone. I was 5-10 because obviously Washington pushed. In second place, it was Tim Undercust. Tim Undercust. That's not my name. Oh, see, I thought you won. Jeff won at 7-8. and eight. Tim, you were 6-9. and nine. I did not realize that you went 0-4 in the NFC South. That's rough. But I had three or four division winners. That, that's, that's pretty good. If it came to tie breaks, I would have given it to you, but it didn't. Well, I, pre- I appreciate that. I no, was able to overcome my 0-4 NFC East because Tim put it in the water in the NFC South. Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> I put it in the water four times in a row. Well, I have a feeling. I'm Robert that... Garrigus at, at Memphis. Oh, God, please don't remind me of that. <laughs> After just losing 175 to one guy in a playoff this weekend, you talked to me about another guy who I had at 200 to one, and he blew it. Yeah, well, I just remember that tournament. So yeah, me too. He had that little mini stick putter. He, he was winning by three on the last hole. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, it wasn't great. Trust me, I remember. It was like 13 years ago now. Ugh. Yeah, we were watching it at our friend's condo. I remember it distinctly. I think it was on my birthday too. Super cursed, of course. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. Tim, <laughs> will you join the uh, the Players Championship Pick Show with us? Sure, I, I have to pick people. Oh, it's all my guys don't play anymore in the PGA. I don't know what to do. Just don't pick my guy. I have one guy. Don't pick him, please, for the love of. I'll have to look at the Wyndham. Whoever does well at the Wyndham does well. <laughs> I will fucking go like to your the, house and like fucking Florida, stab like you in the Durham. goddamn fucking face if you do it. I, I have no idea who I'm going to pick yet. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea who I'm going to pick. I'll have to pick a top guy because like anyone who's like not like 15 to 1 doesn't win anymore in these top events. 
So I don't know. So someone like Rory or something. Yeah, do that. Do that. Pick Rory. That's 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 fine. You pick hey, Rory. look, he won me before at the Players Championship. Exactly. What did I call? Are you? He was the first part of my doubleheader win. I had him and Hideki back to back. I predicted today on our golf show you'd pick Rory, but the way you're talking makes me think you listen to our show. But I haven't decided. I think I'll probably take him. But I don't know. I just again, all the players I I like don't play on the tour anymore, so I don't know. Uh, additionally, I don't think that you hit the back-to-back. Oh, yes, you did. That was 2019, wasn't it? I thought Webb was in between, but Webb was the year before. Anyway. Yeah, Webb was the year before. Jeff Feinberg at Feinberg 17 on Twitter. You can catch him on the golf show every single week. We'll be back with the AFC win total breakdown. Then we'll have free agency to talk about. We're talking golf. We'll have a full cuss corner coming for you and the best ofs. So much more going on. Rob. Cam and myself are going to be back later this week and next week as well. So if you've missed some of the football crew, we back. We haven't gone anywhere. We just took a little break. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.